Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ryan Fowler of the game with Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Ryan, I apologize for missing you there just a moment, but appreciate your patience, my friend. What's going on? Thanks so much for coming on the airwaves. No. Hey, listen, it's been a hectic week. If that's the least of my issues this week, I've had a great week. But uh, as you guys know, it's been a a pretty crazy couple of hours here 
in Tuscaloosa. And, you know, I think we're starting to maybe dwindle this thing down a little bit. I expect that uh, today's going to be the day. I think you'll know something today. If you don't, uh, something's hit a major snag. So, Ryan, before we get into all that, let's first go back about 48 hours or so. What was your immediate reaction to the news that Nick Saban was hanging it up? And obviously, you're on the ground there in Tuscaloosa. So, following him all season long, did you suspect that this day was nearing, or did it catch you by surprise? No, I listen, I think anybody that tells you that they, that they knew that this day was, was coming is probably not being honest with you. Uh, because there's a lot of people that will tell you that. I don't believe them. Uh, Nick Saban said yesterday to Reese Davis at 3.55, he was still debating, you know, if, if, if that was the right time. Uh, I have to believe him. I have to take him on his word. 17 years, he's never lied to us. Uh, I don't think he was lying then. I think that he truly, uh, when he says that he was debating that at 55 after the hour and 4 o'clock was the team meeting, I have to believe him. And I think when you listen to Nick Saban, if he didn't know, how in the world are we supposed to know? I do look back. And I think about moments throughout the season where it looked like that he was coaching with little pressure. Uh, there was a different relaxed side of him. Could that have been it? Uh, possibly. But I think that's all stretching, right? You've really got to stretch to come up with that. Uh, and, and I think there's, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how many insiders we have in the Nick Saban's life uh, and people that, you know, here in Tuscaloosa that I know that know him as well as anybody. Uh, there were not uh, any hints. There were not any, hey, this is where we think we're going to go. This is where we think we're going to go. Uh, I truly believe him. When he walked in that meeting at 3.55 is when he made the decision that he was going to retire. And, uh, you know, Chris Lowe broke that story a couple of minutes after the hour of 4 o'clock. So, Ryan, as we look back on the legacy that is Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa, what will stand out to you the most? Obviously, we can talk about the six national championships, all the SEC championships, everything he did on the field. But when you think of his legacy at the University of Alabama, what stands out to you most? I think coming in and flipping the script on the University of Alabama. You know, I, I grew up in the state of Alabama. Uh, I don't think it's a secret that this is my alma mater. Uh, when I look at where Alabama was at and the value of, he, of where it is today compared to where it was in 2006, 2007, when they were trying to recruit him to the University of Alabama, uh, I think about him flipping the script. I think about you know they could not afford one more bad hire. One more bad hire, and the University of Alabama – may have never been able to come back alive. Uh, if, if you know anything about the cardiac monitor uh, in an emergency room, there's a flat line in there, asystole, which has no electricity. There's nothing you can do, right? You can, you can shock somebody, uh, but those things are uh, highly unlikely that they'll actually, you know, when you're asystole, you're, you're flatlined. Alabama, prior to Nick Saban's arrival, was flatlined. There was really no pulse. Uh, he flipped the script, not just winning the championships, but he flipped the script on the future of this of this university, this town, the state, economically. Can you even put it into a dollar figure when you think about doubling the student enrollment? Go through campus, drive through the buildings. I was here prior to Nick Saban's arrival. I remember the buildings. And you see the new construction here. You see the new dorms. You see new condos. You see things that Tuscaloosa – could have probably only dreamed about at that point. Economically, it's just hard to put 
into a, into somewhat of a term to describe it. But economically, yeah, it's easy to point to the championships. But economically, to me, is what it, it flipped the script on the University of Alabama. When President Witt said it was the greatest investment the University of Alabama has ever made, I think he meant it. And I think he was valid. Now, Ryan, many of us, if not all of us, saw the videos that came out late on Wednesday, students gathering around the Nick Saban statue. and But you're there in person, right? You're there on the ground, obviously, in Tuscaloosa. What was the mood like, and what's the mood been like around the city these last couple of days? It's been kind of crazy. I think that shock would be the way to describe it. Um, you know, and also, I would say that, listen, the students are imported at the University of Alabama. But you also have to remember, they're here because of Nick Saban, right? I mean, they, they, many of them, not all of them, many of them probably are like me that grew up in the state that wanted to uh, come to the University of Alabama. But many of them are from out of state. They think they know the culture of the University of Alabama. And, and really all they know is Nick Saban, right? So all they know is winning. But I think for those old school Alabama fans that went through the NCA, went through coaching searches, you know, every time you flipped your, your TV on, there was another coach coming in. When, when you think about those fans, I, I think they're appreciative of what Nick Saban was able to do because I think they understand it, right? To try to explain to a current student that's from New Jersey or from uh, Chicago that Alabama struggled and that they couldn't afford to hire one more bad coach, uh, I might as well walk up and speak <laughs> Arabic to them because they don't really understand it. I mean – but for those who have got, let's say, I don't know, 30 years and above, I think they understand what the University of Alabama was at and the crossroads that uh, one more bad hire and Nick Saban flipped the, uh, the outcome uh, in the script against the University of Alabama. That's how I'll remember Nick Saban. So, Ryan, as you mentioned, the coaching search rages on. You'd be surprised if it does not end today. Uh, let's sort of go back to the beginning of the coaching search, Ryan, when this news came out. Was there one guy in your mind that once Nick Saban had made the announcement that your mind went to is this is going to be the guy, this is the home run hire, this is who they should target? Uh, was there one dude in your mind that you felt like was the guy to replace the GOAT or not necessarily? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So when you, when you think about coaches that fits, the, that there's only one Nick Saban. I, I, that's where I would caution Alabama fans to understand. He's not going to win at the same pace, right? Alabama fans look at, you know, without three years, without a national title, it's a failure, right? I mean, you make the playoffs, but college football's changed, and there's not another Nick Saban out here. Uh, I don't even think Kirby Smart uh, is is where Nick Saban is at uh, when you think about just the, the amount of respect. So you have to understand that there's nobody out there that's going to be Nick Saban. So when you begin to kind of calculate this in your head, uh, I thought, okay, who could handle that pressure of following? And I immediately went to Lane Kiffin because – that's the biggest part of it is not being intimidated by this Alabama job. It's bigger than, you know, life uh, when you think about it. I mean, I do four hours every day, five days a week, 52 weeks out of the year. We talk really nothing but Alabama football. I mean, we, we really don't cover the other sports. We have a lot of other shows on our station that really does a good job of spreading the love out there. But we talk about what the people want to talk about. And it's Alabama Crimson Tide football. To understand that is who would be able to follow that. I, in my mind, it was Lane Kiffin. I, I think they went away from that. I don't think that uh, that was a true candidate. Now, you know, if I'm sitting here at 6 o'clock and Kalen DeVore has not got on a plane and come from Seattle to Tuscaloosa, then do you go back to Lane Kiffin? Uh, I think that's to be determined at this point. But it, to me, it would have been Lane Kiffin because he would have not backed down from the intimidation of the Alabama job. I think he would have embraced it. Ryan, it seems like the popular thing this week is for coaches to go on record and and publicly turn down the Bama job, even if maybe they were not offered it, right? We've seen Dan Lanning. Sure. We've seen Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, we've seen Mike Norvell put Mike out Norvell something. Mike Norvell, just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just a couple seconds what, ago. What's I your thoughts that. on I, – I just find it really interesting that guys are – you know, so eager to go out there and, and, you know, turn down a job that maybe they never had. Can, can you update us on that? I mean, do you think that Dan Lanning, was he the first target? Was Sarkeesian a target? Or are these guys sort of marking themselves safe or marking themselves staying from something that never existed to kind of put a notch in their belt? Because the optics are great, Ryan. Like, hey, I turned down the Bama job to stay where I'm currently at. But it may not have even happened. Your thoughts on just these these coaches going out there publicly, you know, turning down the job, if you will. Yeah, I, I think it's just publicity. And I think that's why you're ended up right here with, with Kalen DeBoer. I, I think that's because you start marking off the list and you read the tea leaves. It seems to be more tea leaves that you can read in Seattle that are in other spots. Mike Bell, I, I don't think that was ever an option. Um, I, I look at Dan Lanning. The people that I spoke to here didn't think he was ready for the job. Uh, just people that know him the way that he coaches. He made a lot of rookie mistakes. Uh, and I know he's not a rookie, but, I mean, he, he made a lot of uh, young coaching mistakes. I don't think he was ready for this job. That, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm explaining. It. It, it's just it's hard to, to understand the magnitude of this job. When I look at Sark, um, I, I heard that name Strong for quite a while, but it, it kind of drifted away, um, with, you know, in the, in the middle of the night, to be honest with you, with the rumblings of Sark. Uh, but it, it, I think these coaches are just using it to create a deeper connection with their fan base, right? 
Hey, look, I turned down the Alabama job. See how much you should appreciate me? Uh, you should donate to my collective and help me, you know, recruit the next five star. That's what these coaches are doing. I, I don't think these coaches truly are, are being even considered, but why not? I mean, coaches do things like this all the time for marketing. I think this is another one of those marketing uh, decoys that, that has been thrown out there. Ryan, we saw Crimson Tide Faithful react quite strongly to the idea that Dabo Sweeney could be the next head coach for Alabama. Y your thoughts on that? If Kalen DeBoer, let's just say, does not pan out, is there any chance that Dabo Sweeney ends up in Tuscaloosa in your mind? It's um, it, I, I think, listen, I think you could do a lot worse than Dabo. I think you could, you know, when you think about his pedigree, when you think about his ties to the University of Alabama, um, I'm a Dabo fan. Um, I think what he's been able to do at Clemson, it's not an easy place to win. It's not an easy place to build a culture. It doesn't have that natural fan base. He's cultivated that. I think that's something that should be admired when you look at Dabo. Um, it's the CEO part of it that I think that he would excel when you talk about recruiting his connection and liver. I mean, heck, he's came in this state when most people, you know, could not get a recruit out of the state of Alabama. He's been here several times and signed major players out of the state. So when you look at Dabo, absolutely, he would be a great hire. Um, and you almost wonder if, if he would be a backup option because you feel like if he was offered the job, he would backflip all the way to Tuscaloosa to get this job. Just my feeling. Uh, was he offered the job? Have they had conversations? Who knows? If it's this afternoon and you're sitting there and you're going, okay, it's 530. We're starting to enter the weekend and you don't have a coach. Uh, based on the timeline that Greg Byrne presented to uh, the players, that 72-hour window, uh, by my mark, it'll be 48 hours this afternoon uh, at 403, 404. So then you begin to enter that final 24 hours. I just don't think it'll ever make it that far. But but Dabo could be a guy that you could circle back to because you feel like if there's anybody that would say yes, it would be Dabo. So, Ryan, you seem pretty convinced that Kalen DeBoer is going to be the next head coach at Alabama. I'm not you know saying that you're 100%, but it sounds like things are pointing pointing in that direction, no? Yeah, I mean, I think he would probably be at this point, probably that number one candidate. Um, but listen, I, I warn people, this is a coaching search. Greg Byrne, I mean, let's go back to what he said a couple of days ago. And I'm, I could find it, uh, maybe if you can find it very quick. Next time I talk to you publicly, we'll be to announce our new mm -hmm. coach. If you don't hear it from me, don't believe <laughs> it. I believe him by what he said, because I know how he operates a coaching search. And many times you don't hear absolutely anything until that coaching search uh, has been finalized. So to to go back, it's almost like the more I hear about Kalen DeBoer, and it's kind of like the Dan Lanning thing. The Dan Lanning thing was growing too rapid. And I'm going, man, these people don't know. It, it, it's, it's more of, you know, quote, insiders. And so when I look at Kalen DeBoer, I think he would probably be that number one target right now. But – that's based on, you know, absolutely nothing, to be honest with you, other than just some people that I've talked to out in Seattle. Let me say this. If you interviewed them, uh, if you went out and got some media folks from out in Seattle, 
uh, they're very nervous about losing Caleb DeBoer. Uh, I got calls yesterday morning, started early from out there, uh, that, that they were already hearing some rumbling. So do I think he's probably the number one guy? I do, but I don't know if, you know, if, will he get the job? It, it would be just an educated guess at this standpoint. Ryan, if it is Caitlin DeBoer, your thoughts on that hiring? I mean, I, I think that anytime an outsider, quote unquote, comes to the SEC, whether it be via West Coast, Midwest, does not matter. There's always some uneasy feelings. So, I mean, do you think that would be that that slam dunk hire folks were looking for? Would you sense some uneasiness? Uh, you know, what are the feelings when they hear the name Caitlin DeBoer and potentially him being the next head coach? Um. They doubted Nick Saban when he was hired. They're going to doubt Kalen DeBoer. I, I mean, I'm just telling you, it, it's you know, it's going to happen. You're going to have a lot of people that are going to look at the credentials. You're going to have a lot of people that talk to the people that I spoke to. I talked with a assistant coach uh, last night at a very prominent school, and he said, "Let me tell you, he is as X's and O's solid as any coach I've been around." Um, those are the type of things that, you know, it will be up to his press conference to be able to sell that, to be able to rejuvenate some of that energy. Uh, you know, Alabama fans might have become a little bit complacent. I think now is a chance to maybe show that energy. You know, 92,000 in Nick Saban's first spring game. What are we, probably about 60 days away from that spring game? Mm-hmm. So you would think that, you know, Kalen DeBoer would have that chance to, to have a fresh energy. And I think they would get behind him. But would there be doubts? Would there be conversations early on? Heck, I'm already getting those conversations from, you know, pretty prominent Alabama people. Are you kidding me? Uh, is this really the direction that Alabama's going? But I think the people that understand football, I think he would check a lot of boxes. Uh, I think when you look at the direction of the offensive side of the football, uh, what he was able to do with Michael Penix, uh, it's pretty, pretty special. Uh, I look at the quarterback spot and I almost think, uh, what would you be able to do with with the established players, would he try to bring in other people? You know, he brought in, what is it, Will Rogers uh, to UW. Uh, you know, you think about trying to throw the football all over the field. Uh, you know, would match up with the current direction of college football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think recruiting is important, but I'm not sure it's as – it is still important. I'm not saying – but when you go back a couple of years ago, you can recruit now – if you've got a collective that can roll out the dough, that's what these players are asking for at this current time. And Ryan, you look at Kalen Abor again and, and the utilization of the transfer portal. Obviously, it's going to be very important for his success, whether he's at UW, he gets his Bama job, what have you. Uh, Nick Saban, I, I read somewhere that he will have an office at Bryant Denny Stadium. Your thoughts on Nick Saban, his role moving forward now, uh, hanging around the Alabama football program. Do you think that's a positive? Do you think that adds another layer of pressure to whoever gets that job in Tuscaloosa? Just thoughts on what the role, what life looks like now, I guess, for Nick Saban when it comes to Alabama football. Well, understand the football building is probably a good half a mile down the road, and that's where the all the, the football coaches' offices are at. I think when you look at it, I think Nick Saban's going to be a part of fundraising. I think he'll he'll always have a role here. But I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to overshadow a coach, right? If he need, if he's needed to consult on a couple of things uh, to make this transition easier, absolutely, yes. But to, to say that, no, that he's going to be a guy that's just going to microscope and he's going to be out of the practice field, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to have a role, 
Absolutely. And could you imagine Nick Saban being a fundraiser to go out here and, you know, spend time raising money for the University of Alabama? Uh, he, he may bring in a ton of cash for that next head football coach. So can he be an asset? And I think Coach Mal Moore did this for Nick Saban. He, he was that guy that kind of kept it all together uh, from a booster standpoint that raised 240 something million uh, dollars. So when you, when you think about Nick Saban, you might be able to surpass that when you think about the fundraising opportunities. Ryan C. Fowler, host of the game with Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Ryan, one last thing, and I'll get you out of here on a fun note. When you look back on the Nick Saban era at Alabama, favorite memory from his time in Tuscaloosa? Wow. Um... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I guess the time that Nick Saban uh, called me a pretty pretty nasty term, uh, I won't say it on the air because uh, it would be inappropriate, but um, I remember asking for a Nick Saban liner, and I got my liner, uh, which is just, hey, this is Nick Saban, and you're listening to the game on the flagship home of Alabama Crimson Tide football, tied 100.9. At that point, we were tied 102.9, and he cut that liner. After he cut it, he goes, who is this blankety-blank guy? And you got to understand Nick Saban. Um, I'll never forget texting um, A.J. McCarron after that, and I said, Nick Saban just called me a blankety-blank. He goes, oh, man, that's a badge of honor. Join the crowd. Uh, you know, that first time. And so, yes, uh, that's been several, several years ago, but uh, that was a story that I guess will always be. But just the education that I received as a media member sitting on that front row, not about football, but about life and about how to manage people and to be that ultimate leader. Um, it's pretty awesome uh, to be able to stand in front of him and, and to listen. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome, pretty awesome to be able to sit there and take notes and watch him manage uh, this organization. You know, I'm a better person because I've followed Nick Saban for 17 years. Well said, Ryan. I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work. And again, uh, I know you're going to be staying busy as we await word potentially this coaching search ending sometime later today. My friend, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You are more than welcome. Appreciate you guys. You guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Yeah, man, you too. Thanks so much. 